happy Monday. I hope that everybody is having a good Monday uh, and that you had a good weekend. I know Mondays for me are kind of slow, and today is turning out to be a true blue Monday. This is take number four for me, so <laughs> I can't keep from yawning and coughing. And um, So here we go. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate all the feedback I'm getting on this Robcast C19. Uh, I did not realize how much, how many people were in pain, or had struggles, or have been uh, so sick on their deathbeds with this COVID. And I'm hearing story after story after story. Thank you so much for your feedback. Got a couple people lined up to do uh, a podcast with. And uh, I'm excited about that because I want you to hear what they went through. And I want you to know you're not the only one. And if you've gone through a traumatic experience, uh, had a paradigm experience with COVID, you're, I want you to know you're not the only one. Um, people have gone through this and they have survived and I appreciate those of you that have survived and I have heard from others I mean I'm a dear friend a dear dear friend that while I was on the ventilator he passed away and he was on the ventilator as well and I couldn't I didn't get to go to the funeral and I so it so hurts Sometimes to lose friends and loved ones with this disease and the confusion of how in the world did COVID come into existence? What happened? You know, all of a sudden our whole world has changed. And so we're all dealing with this, you know, masks and shots and stubborn people and scared people and... You know, all of this stuff. Well, I want you to know that, you know, I'm not going to complain. And I'm not, this isn't a gripe session. This is an experience. And I want to be real with you guys. And I want you to hear somebody that's real, that's gone through this experience with with no, uh, no criticism. You know, I was sitting in the hospital, having been pulled out of this uh, terrible dream state and not realizing that I'd been there for a long time. And a funny thing happened. My wife was at this time Zoom calling me and talking to me that way because she couldn't come to the hospital. Um, I mean, she could come to the hospital, but she couldn't come in. So... Obviously, we Zoom called, which was awesome. Well, I kept telling her, you know what? You need to come get me. You need to come get me. You know, and she's like, why? I'm like, well, I had it in my mind that I was going to the annual fishing derby from my work. Now, I didn't know that I'd been in a hospital for over 20 days. I think this was like day 26 for me, I haven't been out of the coma a whole two days, I think. 
So maybe it was 22 days. But anyway, either way, I lost some days in there. I had no earthly idea. You know, I was trying to figure out how come I, you know, woke up after a couple of days and had a full beard. <laughs> you know, some of you might be able to grow a beard in two days, but I can't. It's got to be a long time. So that was confusing. But I remember I wanted to go to this fishing derby so bad. I kept telling my wife, you need to come. You need to come. You know, if you're here by Wednesday, then we can go home on Thursday. And then Friday, we can take off, you know, and go to the derby and fish. I had that going on in my head. And then the story about the text from the, on my phone, that was a mystery. It turns out I called that phone number and it was um, not available and it was a spam risk. So all this confusion is going on in my head. I'm talking about real confusion because I am awake. But some of these things are just not making sense, you know. I mean, I'm still restrained at this point to the bed, okay? I sat there all day long screaming at the window because on the other side of the window I could see my wife sat in there and when I first seen her I'm like honey come in here get over here please I need to talk to you it's so great to see you come on in and she puts her hand up just puts her index finger at me like hold on just a second she was talking to somebody So let me fast forward about 10 hours. Okay. I am still calling for my wife to come into the room. It turns out that uh, obviously she wasn't there. It was a cardboard image. Seriously. That was out there, you know, like when you go to the airport, they have these full life-size cardboard images of a person standing there with a big smile on their face, and it says, Section C. It was something like that. Um, In reality, I don't even know why I saw it. But for some reason, I thought it was my wife. And all day, for 10 hours, I'm yelling and screaming in my mind, um, you can't really hear me that much because I got a Trekkie in. <laughs> and my voice is really, I have to talk slow. But I'm yelling and screaming in my head. Wanting my wife to come in there. And why would she come that far and not come visit me? You know what I'm saying? That and I'm seeing people from my work pull up in haul trucks outside the window. Tapping on the window and waving at me and you know, and walking right on by the room. Nobody would come in the room and visit me. And I'm feeling this way, okay? All this stuff is happening. Yes, I'm not um, in a coma anymore, but let me tell you, the effects of those drugs on my system, my goodness. So I'm still seeing things. I'm still hearing things. You know, like uh, one of the guys from my work, he's him and two other people were put in the room across from me where I could see 
the blinds hanging on the window. They had the blinds kind of closed, but they were all sitting in there, and they were in there because they were under 24-hour surveillance for COVID at the hospital in the same room together. Doesn't happen. Never heard of such a thing, but in my mind, this is what was going on. And they kept on, you'll get a kick out of this, they kept pounding on the window and telling me to to turn off the jungle music. <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, that mystery solved. But just stuff like that. And one of the guys is like, nurse, get in here. I need a wheelchair. So the nurse is like, oh, what do you need a wheelchair for? He's like, so I can wheel myself outside to have a cigarette. You know, it's crazy. Things like this. And I know I'm not in a coma and I'm awake. And I know that the nurses came in and took care of me. But I didn't remember that this day, this day was filled with anxiety. It was just filled with, I wanted somebody to talk to. I wanted to talk to my wife and she wasn't coming in the room. And all these people from work are coming by and they're tapping on the window. And haul trucks are pulling out there, you know, right outside the window. <laughs> you know that doesn't happen. There's no mine next to the to the hospital ICU room, okay? All trucks couldn't pull up there. I mean, come on, man. That's a they're they're big giant 400 ton haul trucks. You know, the the tires are 14 feet tall. That's not going to pull up outside of the of the <laughs> ICU just to come see me. So, yes, I was hallucinating. And it was driving me crazy. I kept seeing that dumb cat jump out. And then I'd look over there and just see its tail wiggling. You know, never did see that cat's face. Uh, This kind of thing was happening to me. So, yes, the drugs hadn't worn off. I hadn't quite... I'm guessing this is day two after they pulled me out because I still had restraints on. And that was driving me crazy. And then I didn't know how long I'd been there. I'm pretty sure this is like day 22 or 21, somewhere in there. But I just remember that I still had my restraints on and I wanted um, my wife to come and pick me up because I didn't want to miss the fishing tournament that um, was supposed to be this weekend, a.k.a. a month ago, but I didn't know that. I thought I'd only been there a couple days, so I was wanting to go get out of the hospital. I mean, I couldn't even walk. I mean, my, my, my legs were still paralyzed. And, um, you know, I could, I could lift hardly lift my legs. I could move them a little bit. But, again, I had restraints on my ankles, huh? And my wrist. Ah, what a frustrating time it was for me. Coming back to reality was indeed a, a, a thing. It was really a struggle because at times I could, you know, talk to my nurse. Hey, Kyle, how you doing? Give me some more of that plastic food, you know. You know, give me some more. 
Oh, how you doing? I'll, yeah, sure, you can take my gown and give me a bath, you know, go right ahead. But then all of a sudden, the, the walls are seeping and the spiders are falling and the haul trucks are pulling up outside of my window. And people I know from work and on life are coming by and waving at me. My wife's standing outside the window. She won't come in. And all day long, I'm yelling and screaming for her, and she's not really there. Anxiety, okay, and stress. At one point, laying there, um, we have a system. If I, at the mine I work, if there was an emergency, you would get on the proper channel and call a mayday. And then the SMET team and the fire department, whoever, would come out and respond to this mayday and take care of the emergency, whatever it was. Well, in my mind, I couldn't get my wife to come in the room. I couldn't get nobody to come in the room. I hadn't seen a nurse all day long. Now, this is not true, as far as I know. The nurses and everybody were taking care of me. It was just, I'm trying to explain my, kind of my mindset. So, so I didn't have a mind radio, but I thought I could, did. So I called Mayday. You need to get over here. I didn't even know what room I was in. Somehow I called a Mayday. And the ironic part is I heard the response. <laughs> and they're like, oh, there's a Mayday, you know, and they're calling the engine. The, the SMET team is calling in saying there's such and such amount of minutes out and they're coming and everything. And then... Pretty soon the lady's like, well, I don't know exactly who it was that called. Uh, They haven't called back, so cancel. Just cancel that mayday. And my make-believe mind, I threw the Ryan radio, (laughs) you know, on the ground, and it was so upset because nobody was coming. I had to deal with being restrained in a bed and alone. Okay? These were real feelings. Even though I was hallucinating like crazy, none of this stuff was really... I mean, I, don't, I didn't know the difference between being really awake and being um, affected by these drugs. I mean, these drugs were... Intense, Versed and fentanyl and, you know, I'd been on a paralytic. I don't know what other drugs they had me on, but man, talk about a cloud bouncing back and forth from reality to, um, oh, look, there's a spider that's going to land on my leg. Or, you know, why is there a cat in my room underneath a couch? Uh, do they have couches in ICU? I have no idea. you got the point some of your guys are like okay shut up shut up stop talking this is stressing me out man that's how I felt but this was truly a long day and you know the truth was people were taking care of me um, and everything 
But in my mind, I was I was in torment. That's the only I can say. I was in torment, man. I wanted to go fishing. I wanted to um, talk to my wife. The things that I love, I couldn't have. I wanted out of there. And I sure as heck didn't want to be restrained. Restrained. But this is where I was at. Okay? Now I want to tell you the other side of this. Kyle, my nurse, um, I don't know what time it was. It just felt like I'd been there for 10 hours just yelling and screaming, trying to get somebody's attention. But finally he did come in and it's like, so kind. Um, and I think I had mentioned this in one of the other podcasts, but he's like, I'm going to take your restraints off if you promise not to pull your tubes out. So he did. He took my restraints. And what a relief, man. It was so awesome to scratch my own head, you know, um, be able to have some motion. And I had told you guys that he had charged my phone. So now I had my phone. Where and I could move around, yeah, blah blah blah. You get the point, okay? I truly was stressing out, and I was truly having some anxiety, trying to focus, trying to see: is this real, or was I dreaming? Um, you know, a whole truck can't pull out in front of your window and they don't allow cats in ICU and they sure aren't going to have such a dirty place that spiders would be floating through the air but this is what I was seeing and my wife certainly is not going to ignore me for 10 hours she wasn't out there yet but I was thinking that she was all this anxiety and I you know I don't know where where you go In real life, okay, so we're talking about sober, straight, (laughs) thinking clearly. When you have anxiety, um, like a lot of Mondays bring to some people, getting their week started, uh, you know, other things that happen in their life. I don't know where you go into your happy place or what can cause you to have peace but I can tell you through this whole experience of being in the hospital and having this anxiety that I did have a couple of things that helped me one obviously and I told you over and over again that my beautiful wife of 31 years she was my uh, saving grace But something else happened, and that was this. I couldn't make sense of everything. I knew I was on drugs, and I knew that I was hallucinating, and I could tell that I was. Trying to make sense of it all was hard. But I was working through it. But this is what I did. I took my cell phone, and I went to my playlist. I got a playlist for every mood I've ever been in of music. I put on uh, my playlist I got in there. It's called Four Praying. I put that music on. 
and peace. I could hear the, the words, the worship music, and I started to calm down. And I started listening to these people on, in my music that were worshiping the God of heaven. I started taking some deep breaths. But pretty soon, my cloudy head started to clear. And I could think straight. And I started singing. With the music. And I started worshiping the most holy God. Let me tell you how much healing that did for me. She just opened my heart and let the sound of worship and being able to even sing along in my heart. Of course, it wasn't that kind of a noise when it came out of my mouth, but uh, humming along and singing along while I'm on that trekkie and I can hear that ventilator helping me breathe and um, being sick right there. Being able to thank the Lord to just have that peace was so wonderful it was so great and God really reached down and I had my little time man with the Lord and that was a stable strong moment that I held on to and that was my happy place and through the power of God's Holy Spirit just touching my heart as I worshipped Him, listening to worship on my phone. That brought peace and stability. That took the clouds away. And I want to tell you that it really does work. I mean, obviously this is my experience because I have a relationship with the Lord. And he met me there. He did. You know, um, I wanted to say there is a scripture in the Bible. It's in Philippians um, chapter 4, 4 4, actually. And it talks about rejoicing in the Lord. And, um, giving prayer and thanksgiving to him presenting your request to God and then Philippians 4 7 says and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus God helped me that day he guarded my heart and my mind and he helped me 
So come out of that cloud and to be sober. And you know, I don't know where you're at in your life. If you've ever felt the peace of God. I'm pretty sure you've had anxiety though. I remember being younger and I remember if I had a problem, I would just go to the bottle, man. And it was bottomless. For 10 years, I just sat there and drowned in my sorrows. I had to, every time I needed to celebrate or complain or be sad or be happy, I always celebrated with a bottle. And um, it never worked. And then one day, I was offered something else. And that was Jesus. And I accepted him. And when I did, that bottle disappeared. And that Savior became real to me. So here I am, fast forward 30 years, 35 years, 36 years. And that same Jesus has still given me peace. He's filled filling that void and he's still helping me and my mind is clear and I'm worshiping him in a hospital room he does give peace he really does and the peace of God which transcends everything we understand all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus that is such a powerful little scripture and he did he did that you know I didn't pop out of it instantaneously those drugs had to wear off and there are so many stories I can tell you of hallucinating there in that hospital Um, eventually it did wear off and eventually um now, today, present time, I don't have hallucinations or anything of that sort, but it took a while to come out of it. But I just said all that stuff just so that you know that there's a place that you can go, and that's to the foot of the cross and to Jesus. That you may not understand, but if you will and you worship Him, and you come to know Him, that no matter what your struggle is, His peace, His peace is real. So today, if you have anxiety, I want to encourage you just to take a few minutes to worship Him. To just say, you know what, God, here, I'm just going to give you this trial. I'm just going to give you this struggle, and I'm going to worship you, even in the midst of it. And he will, he will give you peace. He gave me peace in that hospital bed. He was my real saving grace. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you're not sure, you want to know more, you 
give me an email, man. You send me an email, I would love to have a conversation with you. Um, and those of you out there that understand what I'm saying, please thank you for your feedback. Give me a call. Talk to me. Um, just being real today. Just being real. I love you guys. I hope that your day and your week goes good. And I'm going to let you go with God's peace. Bye-bye.